Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to Get Coach 360, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of Get Coach 360. In this episode, Chris sits down with Robert Bell, champion of creativity, ambassador of wellness, pursuer of excellence, author, and transformational speaker. Robert discusses how creativity is not just artistic ability, as commonly thought, and how everyone is innately creative, but with age, we perceive our creativity to dwindle. He proposes we should all prioritize creativity and stresses the importance of play in everyone's life. Robert also brings it home by speaking to the current state of affairs amid the global COVID-19 pandemic and how overcoming fear and embracing and harnessing creativity could very well be a critical component to keeping calm during such times of uncertainty. And, as always, we'll close with Robert sharing his advice for how you can take action now to level up wherever you need it most. Hi, Robert. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic despite the circumstances. Yes, we uh as a lot of my most recent episodes we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh but I I life goes on, right? Like and and we're able to still do this, which is fantastic. So welcome to the Get Coach podcast. Uh excited to have you on as you are are definitely one of my further guests as far as distance apart. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? And, and you, let's start off with where are you located? And, and let's get into your story. All right. Uh, thanks so much. Just a pleasure to be on your podcast today. I'm located right now in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, just a little bit further away. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm right now. We are going through the pandemic. We have curfews. So we're just doing our best to stay indoors, flatten the curve. That's awesome. We're we're doing the same thing. So tell me about yourself. Where what's been your journey to get to where you're at now? Oh, my journey has been a whirlwind of misdirection. <laughs> you know, failures, uh just typical hero's journey, just a lot of falls. So I actually grew up in the Caribbean. I grew up in an island called Antigua. So I was a tropical guy, loved the beach, etc. Uh, you know, growing up, I never really had a big desire for anything in life, really, except for sports. I was absolutely convinced I was going to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I, I tried my best at it, but wasn't that super athletic. Didn't really have any much desire for a career or anything. But I did love experimenting. You know, when, when I was younger, when my friends would go outside to play, I would at times stay at home and try out experiments in the encyclopedia. I think I'm revealing my age <laughs> with that. <laughs> so we, we didn't really have social media. Well, we didn't any sort of internet per se. So I used to experiment. And I just I was just there. I had nothing really, you know, not trying to downplay play at all, but just not really had anything going. I could fit into any situation. And that was very frustrating for me. So I could fit in, you know, anywhere. So if I needed to play sports, I can at least fit in somewhere. If I needed to be in the classroom, you know, I could get fairly good grades. So I never really had something that was excel excellent at or something that I totally failed. So I kept trying different things. And that confused me 
because people always say find your passion and you'll discover what your you know where your aim is in life or where you should be but i just never found that i just kept trying different things different things so moving from trying to experiment i studied accounting i was like okay this is good my teacher said you're quite good at it i became an accountant but just somewhere along the line i felt there's just more to me that i could do but everyone kept saying but you can do more than what an average person does and i said you know what i have to discover what it is that i'm meant to be you know not necessarily my passion but i just want to push the limit and push the envelope so i kept trying to do that i kept trying to do so many different things challenging myself Public speaking was one of the biggest challenges of my life. I was a nerve wreck. I couldn't speak in front of people. You put me on a stage, I would shake, palms sweating, you know, and I was like, no way, this is, this is not for me. But I started working with a coach, with a mentor eventually, and I you know, ended up where I am today as a transformational speaker, and now I'm a first-time author. So yeah, that's my journey. That's awesome. What's the, what's the title of your book again? Blow the Lid Off. Right. And uh, what, what's the premise of the book? What, so let's give maybe the audience a bit of a snapshot of what it is, the message that you're trying to deliver in, in your book. So as, as we grew up, we really fight and struggle to fit in. We try to copy what everyone else is doing or the proven road. And we really take time to discover what is our unique path where what's our destination in life and it sounds similar to what i said even just in the intro i was just comfortable doing what was required to do so i never took time to figure out what's my journey what's unique about me so the premise of the book is helping us to reclaim our stolen creativity because it gets stolen from us we are all born creative but it gets stolen from us and we're able to just get by in life just by copying everyone else you know just growing up, going to school, getting a, getting a job, having a 401k, retiring, you know, that's it. And, and it, it's, we really take time to discover, you know what, I need to push the envelope. So the whole premise of the book is for us to blow off the limitations that are on our lives, especially our creative in our limitations, because uh, three out of four people say that they're not creative, which is absolutely inaccurate. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, because I was one, I was one of those three people <laughs> who yeah, felt too. that way. Right. And yeah, I wanted, I wanted to go back a little bit to what something you said. So you, you played a lot of sports. Was it basketball you were playing? Was that your main sport? Yeah. Basketball was my main sport and tennis. Tennis. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised soccer, not because like the, I feel like the Caribbean area soccer would have been a, quite a popular sport. It was. I did play it also. Um, yeah. You know, as I said, I was just trying to fit in everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I, I did play soccer. I even played it at a, a semi-pro level. Uh, didn't get much game time, but <laughs> I did try it. What position? Uh, central defense. Oh, stopper. Nice. Yeah. That I, I was a keeper for uh, a big chunk of my soccer career. And then when I finally made the decision to play out, uh, I, I went to stopper, which was, I, I enjoyed it a lot to me. I felt like I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm still a goalie. I just can't use my hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how did you get into public speaking? What was the desire there? Was that, 
was it something more around seeing yourself as a, a future career of pure public speaking or was it like i guess I, i'm curious why you went down that path i i came to a point where i was tired of being silent i wanted to speak up and not necessarily like physically speak but i had a message inside of me i was tired of my friends and people around me just keep saying i can't oh no i'm not good at this because that's the position I was in and I was really trying my best to get out of that position, you know, to remove those limitations. And that brings me, you know, just to something that I keep telling people, they ask me, what, what's your why? I, I don't have a why when I started, I didn't have a why, I had a why not. So I went on a journey of just removing all the why nots. And every time I'll tell my friends, you know, you look for company, hey, let's, let's do this, let's try this. They'll be like, no, I can't do that. I didn't do well in school or I'm not good at this. And I was like, we, we have to try. We have to develop our skills. So I got sick and tired of trying to sort of stay in the same line with people. I decided to just turn around and start talking to them and say, guys, we got to go. Let's, let's, get, let's get moving. Yeah, and I just started talking to one, two, one person, two people. And then I just found myself speaking to a group of people, not formally, you know, just in a group or maybe even um, in my sports team. Despite me not being the best player or the captain or the coach, people keep looking for me and say, hey, you know, just talk to us. So I started doing it and little did I know, I didn't notice that I was speaking publicly until right. I actually learned that that's, that's a thing, you know, public speaking. So I never had a desire to go into it as a career. I just had a message and I really wanted to communicate that message to, you know, everyone that I knew. And it started growing to people I didn't know. Then I started being invited to speak, but it wasn't really like formal speaking. I just developed my abilities. I like that. I like that a lot, actually, because it, it sounds like it was just more of a, an organic journey for you to get to that point that, it, the the desire came from you wanting to share a message and and people were listening which is obviously like that's great and then you're like okay well i like this so why don't i try and talk to more people and it just kind of looks like yeah, it grew from yeah. that that point on well that's it wasn't awesome. even just about liking it i think for me chris it was the feedback i would say something and this is feedback you can't necessarily get in writing i would say something and people's faces would light up. I would see the connection and I was like, like, I don't see what's so special or magical in what I'm saying. You know, it just sounded like I was having a chat with my buddies. Yeah. And people would resonate well and unsolicited feedback would be like, hey, you really spoke to me. You know, what you said was really great. And I was like, what, what are you guys, are you crazy? So that, that continued my frustration of every time I try something, it seems to work out. And I was just like, what's happening like i'm getting really frustrated you know and i came across a quotation that said what seems obvious to you could be magical to so many other people i can't remember who said it but that just turned my life i was like all right that explains it yeah i i like that a lot i've i've already gotten a couple of little golden nuggets off you i like this <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's I really want to dive into what our topic was going to be, which was, was creativity. Right. And, and like you said, and we both were in this position of feeling like we are not creative people. Why do you feel, why do you think that as we age, we tend to, that, that seems to be the norm is that as people age, they tend to feel 
that they are not creative people. Why do you suppose that is? Well, it is a proven fact that the more we age, the less inclined we are to be creative, right? One of the primary reasons is that we begin to prioritize productivity over creativity. We, we become busy doing and less, spend less time being. In other words, we focus more on actions as opposed to thinking. And I keep saying that our actions should be a direct consequence of our thoughts, you know, of our ideas, but we have it the other way around. We do, we do, we do, we do. And then if there's time left over, then we do a bit of thinking. And also from a societal perspective, we, we can get by without being creative in life. You go to work, you go to your job, your boss tells you what to do, you have a job description, you do it, you get a paycheck, you come back home. That's it. You, your, your life is scheduled. There's no time to think outside of the box or to try anything different. We have the same route to work. We drink the same coffee. We buy from the same place. We have the same friends. We eat at the same place. So life just becomes so monotonous that we really don't see the need to become creative. So for me, that's the chief reason why we end up becoming less creative because we don't prioritize creativity in our lives. It, it takes a backseat. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the rut I fell into. Cause I like, I like structure. I like routine. Um, but I went through a period of life where, uh, I felt very low to the point where I, I maybe even depression, I don't know. But I, if I, in reflection to that part of it was, I didn't really have any sort of creative outlets mm -hmm. and, and I feel that is probably a more common uh, reason for a lot of people's, uh, I, I hate to use depression because that, that can mean different things for different so people, but, but let's just say like there was a lack of fulfillment or a lack of joy. Maybe we'll use that as the term. There's a lack of joy in their life. And, and I feel like a big part of the reason is because they don't have that creative outlet. They don't have that, that, thing that they can do that allows them to exercise that creative part of their brain. And was, was that, so, uh, did you go through an experience like that ever? I, I can totally relate. Okay. I'm, I'm that, I'm that guy, the structured one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what was, what was your journey as far as uh, like discovering the creativity or, or re reintroducing it almost into your life. Cause I, for me, it was, it was something like this. It was not the podcast, but it was another project that I worked on for many, many years. And that was my creative outlet. And I looked forward to the day of the week that I did it because it, it, it brightened me up. Right. So did you have a moment in life where it was kind of the same thing? And then all of a sudden you were able to reintroduce creativity. Yes, and this is going to sound very uh, odd <laughs> to the listener. My, my outlet and my turning point was actually the public speaking. That's what okay. sparked my creativity. Um, people are wondering how, how, how does creativity relate with public speaking? Because the speaking that I was doing was very unstructured. It was, it was not, um, you know, it was just in, very impromptu. It was just off the cuff. And that had, I had to think on my feet, as I said, well, literally I had to think on my feet because here we are, we're in a situation, there's a problem and I need to communicate a message to, you know, the people who I'm speaking to. So I have to come up with ideas very quickly, leveraging on 
our experience, what we know, what I know, what I've been through, whatever knowledge that I have. So I had to put together so many different things using the language that we were communicating with, whatever group that was, you know, to really get them to move to another level. And that's what really fired up my brain. That is what really got me start thinking, you know, I need to start tapping into my creativity because it brings you alive. You know, creativity is perhaps one of the only things in life that we do that really reveals our true value. It's one of the only things that we do. I mean, you can do an awesome job at work, you can get awards, but as you said, you can feel very, still feel invaluable. You know, you don't feel like you are really coming alive. So for me, it was really just speaking with people constantly, one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it was that got me thinking on my feet. And then that transitioned into writing because people were like, hey, can you write down for me what you said? I was like, Half the time, I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> That's why I like <laughs> podcast interviews because it's just flipping a lot of things on in my brain. And then when I go back and listen to it, I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. And I started writing it out and then building it out from there. Yeah, I I would, I would feel like I'm kind of the same in that I can, uh, I know a term that some people have used is they, it's almost like they're riffing on ideas to steal mm. from the musicians. Uh, <laughs> and I felt like any time that I've ever done public speaking or presentations, I couldn't have it too structured or else I felt boxed in almost. Whereas if I had a bit of an outline and, and key points that I knew I wanted to make sure that I, I hit on, uh, I just, yeah, I just, my energy level went up quite a bit when I was, when I was talking. And the one thing that you had mentioned earlier that I, I really enjoyed was, you almost you're able to get almost like this instant feedback as far as how things are going and then you can adapt as you go so if your audience you look at some of the, your people in your audience and they've got like this blank stare on their face you're like ooh i i got to step this up a little <laughs> bit cuz they're not engaged yeah. uh or they're leaning in and and they've got a smile on their face or you can see like they're really focused and concentrating you're like okay i've got it this is good right and you get into that rhythm and that routine what for for the people that are thinking still like i am not a creative person what would be what would be that conversation you would have with them to help them realize that you actually are creative you're just thinking about it in in the wrong way let me even connect it you know, what you just said the reason why that happens to you and i when we're speaking and you know we get that that light bulb, if you want to call it that, <laughs> light bulb moment. Is science tells us that there are two things that are happening. You you we're connecting on two levels. One, our brains are connecting what we have in our conscious mind and what we have in our subconscious mind. And there's a part of the brain called the RAS, the reticular activating system. This part of the brain captures information as we go through the day, as we go through life, in a very subconscious manner. You know, think about it when you want to buy a new car. All of a sudden, you start seeing that car, right? So when that light bulb moment happens in our brains, what's happening is that it's connecting information that we have, experiences that we've had, things that we've observed. You know, you've observed how the, the audience is responding and you're, you're connecting everything. And number two, you're connecting with people now at an external level. That's why when you speak or you have a podcast or you do something creative or, you know, from a creative outlet, there's a connection. You hear people saying, the music spoke to me, this painting speaks to me, you know, everything, there's a con you're connecting with another person. And that's one of the major premises of creativity. So I tell people that, listen, 
creativity is not measured by your artistic abilities. When I was in school, I am right-handed, if you want to call it that. I started learning to write in my right hand in elementary school, then I broke my right hand. I had to start writing, learning to write in my left hand. Then just when I got the hang of writing my left hand, I broke my left hand. <laughs> I had to go back and relearn to write in my right hand. So to date, I've struggled even to draw straight lines with a ruler. I, you know, it's, it's still a bit of a challenge, you know, just because of the physical issues that I face. So if I was to determine my creativity based on how well I can produce something, it's, it's totally out of it. So this, this is what I'd say in a nutshell. Creativity is about searching and combining information. And we all have experiences that are unique to us. We all have combining our knowledges and experiences will never be the same combination as anyone else. I don't care if you're twins, just your experience, the way you combine, the way you perceive things is what's critical. And you know what, Chris? Perhaps that's one of the reasons why we struggle with being creative. We don't understand what creativity is. We think it's just being artistic or yes. being able to sing or you know, some sort of you know, creative outlet, such like that. But it's, it's bigger than that. It's problem solving at a, at a lower level, but it's then solution finding at, at, at the higher level. And we all can come up with ideas. Uh, we, we, you see, it goes back to what we said earlier, one of the reasons why we're not creative as we go older, because we're looking for an we're looking for something that can be produced, something tangible. But creativity starts, you know, from the imagination stage, coming up with ideas, forming it out. You have to follow it through. So many of us don't take time to follow it through. We think our creativity has to be an actual product out of here. Look, you just coming up with an idea to a problem, even if it doesn't work, is beginning the creative process. And building up on that is how you develop your creative skills. So many of us fear failure or fear not getting it right you know just going back to the classroom hey who knows two plus two we only want to put up our hand when we have the absolute answer yeah i i think you're right you nailed it there is there's a lot of people make the mistake of uh mis misidentifying creativity and artistic ability and and even that in itself, really, a, a lot of people say, I'm not an artistic person. I can't draw. Well, you can't draw because you haven't learned the skill, right? You, exactly. you, can, you can still learn the skill. You could become a better drawer. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be world-renowned, but that's, that's also not, that, that takes a lot of extra work and a lot of extra time and a lot of extra effort. But if your drawing abilities or your singing abilities or your whatever more artistic abilities are lacking, you can still develop that skill set. It's the same with creativity. You can you can develop creativity, I feel. Um, but I, I, I would argue actually that you are naturally creative because look at at us as children and any everybody who goes through that stage of life which is all of us, we were creative when we were children because you had to be. You had to pretend you, your toys were something different, right? Not that you had to, but you, you would. You, your dinosaur toy was, was a giant dinosaur. And, yeah. and that, that's creativity. But then as we get older, like you said, I think we shift more to almost thinking that creativity is a, a, a juvenile thing to do, like mm -hmm. make belief and imagination. Whereas uh, I, I think we could, there's probably even tons of evidence of it. The one that always comes to mind is Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein 
spent most of his free time thinking and and being creative as far as solution or developing the theory of relativity it takes creativity to come up with that that that's what he that's how he did it and nikola tesla and all these very just geniuses of our time they did it through creativity yeah. so it's, Chris, it's i mean go ahead yeah, just two things there. And you, you actually hit the nail right on the head. And it, it goes back to what I said earlier. And with Einstein, it's 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 100% accurate. He spent most of his time thinking. And what I said earlier is that we need to spend more time thinking so that our actions are a direct consequence of our thinking. He only went into the lab to, to try something that he thought about. That's right. Right? But most of us would go into the lab and say, okay, I need to come up with an idea. And then after five minutes, we have a block. We're like, okay, I'm not creative. But let's unpack that statement. You know, when, when, when we say we're not creative, I, mean, I really want the listener to get this because I was exactly there. We don't understand what we're actually saying. So when you say, look, I'm not the creative type, what we're telling ourselves is that I have nothing unique. I have nothing to offer. There's nothing different about me than the other person. You know, let's just simplify it. So creativity is... For at, at a very simple level, it's just something that's unique. You know, definition-wise, it's something that's novel and something that's useful. But it starts by having something that's unique, you know, an idea. So when we say we're not creative, we're actually telling, us, telling ourselves or confessing to the world and to ourselves that there's nothing good that we can produce. And if you really investigate it, when we make such statements, that's, the, that's usually where we are in our lives. We're like, look, I am not, you know, I, you have no validation. You know, it's like you're telling yourself, look, I... I can't really do anything much. You know, I can just do what I'm told. I can stick to my lane. I can't step out of my comfort zone. I, I'm, I'm fearful. You know, when, when we usually say, look, I'm not the creative type, is that we fear. And truth be told, if you take a sample um, survey, most of the people who really are sure that they're not the creative type tend to be the people who have some of the best ideas. Mm. You know, they, just you, in, a, in a group of friends, the people who say they're not the creative type usually are the ones who say, Look, who are usually the ones who have the best ideas. And that's why I called my book, Blow the Lid Off. We really need to help such people just blow the lid off that and stop confessing such limiting beliefs, you know, about their lives. Because we all, and as you, you, you're right, science actually tells us that being creative is a natural function of our human brain. It's a natural function of our human brain. You know, if you look at it from an emotional intelligence sort of it, there's a term called amygdala capture, where our brains can bypass that logical, you know, that, that, that part of our brains that can connect everything together. And it, when that happens, we, we tend to be in this cycle of um, flight or fight, you know? So we're just in this, just trying to run away from things. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I like this topic a lot because if you, if if people were to really analyze their day-to-day -day lives i think they would start realizing that there there is a lot of creativity in what they already do they just don't identify it that way so what would be i want to help people kind of realize that and 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 in a sense like you say like blow the lid off and allow them to really tap into it because creativity can can become such a powerful resource to them when they really lean into it and develop it and nurture it and and leverage it. So what would be, I guess, what's your advice to people when on that on that subject of how do I 
how do I unleash the creativity? How do I blow the lid off and allow myself the, the freedom to be more creative? That, that's a great question. It's my best advice is what I did. Stop trying to figure out your why and go on a journey of why not. Step out of your comfort zone. You, you have to just push the envelope because you're at a stage of your life where you've built up so many barriers you know, around your thinking, barriers around your confidence. So before we can even just start telling you, all right, follow your passion, lean into your creativity and everything will happen. We, we first need to just you know, clear the space. We need to create, clear our workspace. You know, just imagine your workspace. We need to first clear it. And, and this is why we have such expressions such as, I need to clear my mind. You know, when you want to come up with a solution, you know, you know, we do these things so naturally. And that's why science says, you know, being creative is just a natural way our brains are wired, but we, we, we tend to avoid it. So number one is just clear all those limits that you have in your life. Um, you have to first realize that you have to step out of your comfort zone. You've got to come out of that, you know, routines that you, you constantly do. Schedule time, you know, to be creative. So this is the best way that you can unlock your creativity. Do something scary like what I did. I always say that if you're not doing something scary, you're not growing because creativity forces us to grow. You can't have an idea and just sit down. Great, I came up with an idea today. It's not a checkbox activity. So if you want to lean into your creativity, you have to really reprogram your mind from thinking that you're going to leave you know, a 30-minute creative session with something tangible. You're going to leave with a checkbox. It's just really preparing your mind. You know, The first few times you do it, you're just trying to overcome the limits and the barriers that you're doing. And this is why creativity is the number one in-demand soft skill for any career. You know, your podcast looks at, you know, your journey, you know, into becoming an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs are innate, innately creative. And employers all over the world, regardless of your job title, regardless of your career, are looking for entrepreneurial mindset because you can't be entrepreneurial without being creative. It means taking on a risk. It means trying something out that may not necessarily make sense to anyone else. It may not even make sense to you, but you're willing to take it, you know, take that risk. I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is about. You, you have an idea, you see the connecting dots, even if there's no evidence that supports that, and you build a business case around it and, and you pursue it. And that's what every employer is looking for right now, because you, we need people who can take the risk, who can connect the dots, not someone who's just going to be like, all right, here's the job description. I can get these done. You know, you're being very robotic. If you can mm. only do what you're required to do, then you're not adding value into it. So you're right that, you know, when we lean into creativity, it can give us immense value in our life. And creativity is very holistic because in order for you to be creative, you must be able to manage your emotions. You must be able to step up to that, the edge of your comfort zone with all the fear, with all the fright, with all the nervousness. Take a deep breath and take that plunge. You know, you, you can't do it unless you take that deep plunge. You can't be creative unless you're calm, unless you're relaxed, unless you're able to realize, you know what, I got this. I'm, I'm likely to fail, but I'm going to pick myself back up and I'm going to keep going at it. And which entrepreneur hasn't failed? The, the Elon Musk you talk about, I mean, everyone has their failure story. Sir Richard Branson, it, it's, it's just a great part of our life because it challenges us. Yeah. I, I really like that. And I, I'd want to, I want to add a little bit to it just because some of the things that you've shared, I started seeing some connections with, with past episodes I've done and, and books I've read. So as far as being able to control the emotions, one of the habits that I would highly recommend everybody 
try and incorporate is meditation because that will that was one of the the best ways for me to get a little bit more not i wouldn't even necessarily say control because i still work on that as is it stabilizes you in a sense yeah so the, the the analogy I guess I would give is think of your emotions as like a roller coaster. There's ups, there's downs, there's ups and downs. And if you don't work on it, those those peaks are really high and the lows are really low. It's good to have high peaks because it's always great to be very happy. But the the really deep lows, they those are terrible. <laughs> and when you go from such a big high to a big low, that's really exhausting. So what I found for myself was meditation allowed me to really like smooth out that line a little bit. And I would say it's definitely on, on more on the upper end. So there's a lot more joy than, than bringing it down. So that would be one thing I would highly, highly suggest anybody who is not already doing it is to do it. The cool thing about it is that the practice of meditation is actually the practice of doing nothing. And what ends up happening is because you're not thinking or you're not focusing on anything, your mind actually starts kind of like, it like, it's weird. It's such a, it almost feels like it's breaking down these like barriers that are in your mind. And then when you come out of it, you feel really refreshed. And those are the times where I feel like I just have like clarity. Now all of a sudden the creative side of me starts coming out and it flows a little bit more. So I, I would say those two things could work really, really well together as far as stabilizing the emotions and then really like unlocking that creativity. Yeah. Um, let me geek out a bit just oh, on what you said. Go this, for this it. I love different. this. <laughs> <laughs> let me geek out a bit. Right? Uh, you, we're familiar with the expression, um, when you have a big decision to make, you need to sleep on it. Yes. Right? And the reason why we that expression is is here with us as as human beings is because there's something that happens in our brains while we sleep. We have four different sleep cycles, right? And the fourth slight cycle is called the REM cycle, um, REM, the rapid eye movement cycle. And that's when our brains are now connecting everything that has happened. Like what I said earlier, the conscious and the subconscious. And meditation is that's what's actually happening. We're clearing all the junk. As much as it's doing nothing, we're still, our brains are still connecting everything. It's bringing everything into harmony. And that's why we mm. said, you know, to be creative, you must be able to be able to manage, you know, <laughs> loosely your emotions because you have to bring everything into harmony. You know, emotional intelligence tells us that it takes a minimum of six seconds for that information to get to the amygdala, you know, to connect what we're feeling and with the logic. And you now this is where the geeky part gets really good. You can't. In, you can't come up with ideas. You can't come up with solutions when you're constantly in this fight or flight mode, when you're constantly in this panic mode. And, you know, like now we're recording this episode during the, the COVID pandemic, you know, everyone, and rightly so, has a lot of anxiety, has a lot of fear. But the way our brains are wired, that when that happens, our brains focus 100% of our efforts and our energy on trying to quash that anxiety. So everything about thinking, everything about coming up with ideas, everything with about seeing the right perspective of it takes a backseat. And that's why meditation and sleep also helps us to come up with very good ideas. When you've had a very good rest, I don't know about you, but you wake up like, hmm. have, an, have, you know, have a great idea, you start journaling down. And that's why 
the expert tells us that journaling first thing in the morning is critical because that's when our brain has connected everything before we start getting influenced by anything else that's happening. That's when the ideas can flow. And it may not make sense at that point in time, but you just journal it down. Later on, you start seeing the connecting dots as you, you build up the habit. So it, it's just the way our brains are wired. And that's why Seth tells us that being creative is a natural way our brains are wired. If we, you know, followed such such practices like meditation, getting good sleep and exercise and, you know, just really getting the oxygen to the brain. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot because it's not that, okay, you're, I can't remember the number, but I've I've now done quite a few podcasts and it is so crazy how many things end up being, there's like that common foundational advice that we as all humans should be doing sleep is is kind of a a pretty obvious one though a lot of us don't get enough sleep right i have my current circumstance of having a a six-month-old that is preventing me from getting the amount of sleep i would love to get but i i i go to bed as early as i possibly can uh as far as like still having a normal lifestyle because I want as much sleep as I can get, because I know the value there. Um, Meditation is probably the number one recommended activity or habit that I've heard from most successful people, not just from people I've had on the show, but if you talk, if you read books on successful people, if you listen to other podcasts, Tim Ferriss is, it was a big, uh, I was a big fan of Tim Ferriss for, I still am actually, and and I used to listen to his podcast all the time for years and years and years. And that was the, every single one of his guests meditated, every single one of them. And he interviews nothing but the most successful people in the world. Right. It's uh, taking time to think. There's another one. Uh, if you talk to some of the most successful people, they always, always say, I block time off to just think. And the average person would look at that and go, what? <laughs> like, shouldn't you be, quote unquote, more productive with your time? Exactly. Right. But the argument being, I, I get more done in that thinking, that hour, two hours, whatever it is of thinking, than you could get being productive in, in the same amount of time. So it's, I just, I think that's why I love doing this podcast is I keep, I, it's the same message. And I really just want to drive this home with with the audience, the growing audience, because I feel like the more of us that can start applying these these foundational success habits in our lives, the better life will be for everybody. We're just going to create a better world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more creative people who who are looking to solve bigger problems that we are all facing. Right. And so thank you for, for bringing this up. I, I think this has been a really fun conversation. Um, one thing I, I would, I guess I want to add real quick for, for, or more of a question, what are your thoughts on games to help people with their creativity? Cause if we think about, we, we had mentioned it earlier, right? Like kids are yeah. probably the most creative out there as far as they're always using their imagination. But the one thing kids always are doing is they're playing. So is that something that you normally recommend or, or like, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, 
I hope my children are not listening <laughs> because I'm about to give some advice. You know, just like what I said earlier is playing, playing is, 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 is very critical, especially when it comes to creativity and just natural, normal health of our brains and, and, and our emotionals, emotions and everything. You see, first let's define what happens when we play games, whether it be digital, uh, virtual reality, you know, let's, first, let's just categorize all games. You see, when we're playing, we are mixing, we're mixing reality with our dreams. That's what's happening. Just like what you said earlier, you know, you, you dinosaur, you imagine your dinosaur being something else. We're, we're mingling our dreams with reality when we're at play because there's, there's no limit, there's no rules per se. So we have, you know, we have freedom to, to think about it. And, and the best type of games are the ones that have give you that space to really think through it. I definitely recommend playing because I've gotten a lot of my speeches, my, some of my top speeches when I'm playing with my children. Something happens mm. and I get, a, I get an idea and I'm like, and it's not that I'm thinking about it, but it just strikes me. And I would say play with children is more critical, not just play, but play with children because we've agreed that we've, we do lose our ability to really play and dream as we should as we go, grow older. So when you play with a child, you see the limitless, you know, the limitless dreams that go on with them and you'll be like, have you, you know, you played, hang out with a small child and they ask you a question or they say, look, we're playing a game and they make a statement. You're like, I've never really thought about it that way because yeah. we approach play and we approach gaming still with a bit of structure and a bit of rules and, and we miss that. So play with children more particularly is it's, it's, it's what helps us to spark our creativity. And sci- there's, there's research to prove, I, I don't have it to hand, but there is, there is that research when you spend time with them. Um, children and with a very older person, a senior person, it really helps to spark your brain to think. So play definitely, but there must be balance. Um, I, I must put that in, there must be, you can't play for seven hours saying I'm waiting for an idea to come. It, it, <laughs> sometimes it happens during play, but often it happens away from play because that's when your brain now starts to connect what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really critical. I I remember when my nephews were a little bit younger. They're at that age now where they're they're just entering teenagehood, uh, and they don't they don't want to play as much anymore because it's you know they're they're now forming that adulthood independence. Uh, they're very early on into it, but when they were younger, they they would be like, "Oh, uncle, let's go play. Let's pretend." this let's pretend that and i'm like cool awesome like i was always for it because i i loved doing it it was fun uh and then of course i'd be the one that would be okay okay we gotta stop or or i you can't do that that doesn't make any sense and they're like (laughs) exactly they're like why not i'm like okay (laughs) fine let's go with it right um i i look forward to being able to do that with my son at at six months old, he he is starting to get into the play phase, but it's not the same as when when they get a little yeah. bit older and and you start doing like the make believe kind of playing. Uh, that I think is going to be a lot of fun, and that'll be uh, I mean, an, another way for me to be creative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine telling a CEO take time to play, you know, take time to be. I mean, it'd be like just like what you said. I, I can find more productive uses of time because we as we grow older we think play is so childish you know and even the teenagers would tell you that's dumb because we're so worried about how we're perceived it's our big problem it's how we're perceived because we have this 
dying desire to fit in. We have this dying desire to be accepted. But you know, the creators usually are rejected. You know, uh, I think, yeah, Robin Sharma normally says that, um, you know, the, when you're creative, you usually have to become a villain first become, before you become, you know, before you become a victor. Because mm. what you're doing is going against the grain. You know, so as we get older, we, we really diminish play and, and thinking about ideas and drawing and journaling and vision boarding because we think it's dumb. You know, it, 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 it doesn't add any value to life because we're so focused on how we're perceived by others. We just want to fit in. We want to do what everyone else is doing. And I love the way you've linked all your podcast episodes. We're redefining the way to success. It's not about studying, 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 work, 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 work. It's about think, 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 then work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said there because what it got me thinking about was, um, and maybe I'll geek out a little bit, is in an evolutionary sense, there's a reason why we have that desire to fit in. Because if you didn't fit in back in the day, you were outcasted and you didn't get food <laughs> was, was basically the reason. So it's super interesting when you think about it that creativity is a very natural thing for humans and and it's how we've solved problems and gotten to where we have now yeah. right we created tools we learned how to hunt we learned all these things so it took creativity to do it but then like you said the creatives if especially like if you're you're really out there you're going to be outcasted a little bit before you're brought back in and 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 into the fold of things. So it's super interesting that there's like these two aspects of human beings that are so contrary but so like absolutely required for our survival. The the fitting in part is not as much I would argue, but in in a, in certain ways it still is. Like you still need to be you need to fit into society to to be successful, to to earn friendships, to right. Yeah. But yeah. It not it's not the same as before, where you need to fit in or else you you couldn't eat, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's there's almost more value in creativity. I guess that's just more opinion than anything else, just because it, it is the creative people and creative thinking that have gotten us to where we are today. If it wasn't for creativity, we wouldn't be talking this way. We wouldn't have our mobile devices. We like life in general just would be a very different kind of life. Right. So yeah, yeah that's super interesting. But Chris, it's not just an opinion. The United Nations um, issued when the first report on creativity and they, they've said that creativity is the wealth of nations. It's the 21st mm. century wealth of nations. And they predict that, uh, okay, well, this is before Corona, <laughs> even more now, they predict that uh, the creative industries is going to be the leading contributor to GDP in a lot of developing countries, in, a lot of, in uh, most of the countries. In some countries, the creative industries has more revenue than the telecommunications industry. Cool. That is, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that a lot because obviously, it's it's what I said. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and one more geek. Let me give you like a ten second geek out. Um, do you know which color um, predominantly leads in priming our minds to be creative and coming up with ideas? Hmm. Just a wild guess. I'll take a guess. Uh, the first. I'll just go with the first color that came to mind. Blue. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, why why would you say blue? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. That's just the first color that came to mind. Blue is my favorite because, color. Because as soon as you say ideas, that's what your brain thinks about. Oh, you know really? That's the case. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Science tells us that blue, when you um, have blue um, displayed around your creative space, and I would encourage people to do that, it really primes your brain to think. And hmm. do you know where we see blue almost every day? Well, depending on where you live. It's the uh, sky. If, you're, if you're outside, yeah. If, yeah, <laughs> if you're outside, sky. yeah, it's the sky. Um, it's the sky. Okay, well, all right. Let's, so we are let's designed, go. We are designed to be creative. It's, it's everything has is function for us to be creative. So when we sleep, when we meditate, when we breathe, when we go out into nature, like this whole life of ours is designed for us to be creative. Maybe, maybe you know this. Is this why uh, they suggest you eliminate blue lights before you go to bed? Because it's stimulating. Absolutely. Ah, yes. I, I knew there was something to do with it as far as like, I knew blue lights had something to do with keeping you awake. But I didn't mm -hmm. realize maybe, and, and maybe that's the case is that what it's doing is it's getting your mind racing and thinking. And then when you try and go to sleep, you're like, well, I can't, my mind was racing. I couldn't fall asleep. Well, it's because the right. blue light because was your, stimulating your mind. Yeah. Your brain thinks it's, it's activity time now. Your brain thinks it's time to work. You know, you're coming up with ah, ideas. So you, you don't get that super rest. Super interesting. And I, that was a key for me. I, I started to, I got darkened curtains. I, I did you know, just like what you're saying, the successes, you know, when I used to hear these things also, I was like, yeah, that's just a bunch of, you know, whatever woo -woo -woo stuff. I started doing that. No device 30 minutes before I sleep. Um, bit of a struggle with my wife when we first started implementing that. We don't use our gadgets in the bedroom. We, if you want to use it, go to the, the living room or some other room. When you come to the bedroom, it's sleep time. It's darkened. We meditate before we sleep, you know, meditate in the morning, you know, just, yeah. That's awesome. I uh I had a similar conversation with my wife <laughs> but when we had our kid <clears throat> um things have changed we have now a light in our room cuz he sleeps in our room currently and uh when when but prior to that I I was blacking out everything blackout curtains all the lights in in the apartment I put like towels over top of them so there, <laughs> it was like it was black and it was great. I felt like I was sleeping amazing. And, you know, things have changed. So there's now lights all over the place. Uh, but when when he gets into his own room, I'll be I'll be doing the same thing because I I I'm trying to remember the guy's name uh, who talks a lot about this stuff. Greenfield, I think, is his last name. But he he's gone into it where he's dug into the science quite a bit. So blue lights before bed, bad. Blue lights in the morning, good. good. I guess red lights before going to bed is is does has the opposite effect where it, it like calms you down and it gets your brain kind of starting to relax and, and wind down in a sense. So I haven't played around with that yet, uh, but uh, I like this kind of stuff because for me, if I can optimize my thinking and my performance, then I'm, I should be able to have better results in life and, and be able to provide more for my family. Yeah. And, and it's good that you're thinking about that. And this is what happens. Most of us, we, we just accept things as the, the way they are. So fine, you had a baby. 
and it's affected your sleep and your light. And, and most of us, what we'll do, we'll just go with the flow. We're like, okay, you know, we we ride on that excuse. We or we use it as an excuse, and we ride it all the way to comfort zone. So we're like, well. Mm. I can't do that anymore because I have a child. And that's why creativity is so important because it forces us to start thinking, how do I still maintain these basic required ways that I know I need to survive? Well, not just survive, to thrive. How do I do it amidst this disruption in my life? And that's why you find that creative people are able to stay calm during uncertainty. Um, I was on another podcast and they were asking, how are you staying so calm during all this pand- pandemic? I, I really can't like give you one, two, three, four, but I know it's heavily built on me tapping into my creativity a lot, I'm, I'm able to stay calm when things go wrong. Because mm-hmm. when things go wrong, I don't go wrong with them. I take my time, I breathe, I meditate, I look at the situation. Okay, is it really that bad? What do I do? You know, etc, etc. So when disruptions come in our lives, we tend to just ride them off to excuse town, you know, <laughs> you know comfort yeah. town, without yeah. trying to find a way around it. You know, we have to be able to find a way around. How do I work through this? And that's what happens as we grow in life. You go to school, you can't really play too much during class time. And then we say, okay, you know what? Forget play. You know, so we, we, we have to find a way to leverage disruption to still do what we have to do so we can succeed. And that's what entrepreneurship is about. And that's why I love entrepreneurship because, look, I mean, right now you have a business. We're going through a pandemic. You have to find a way to keep your business surviving. We don't know what it is, but you just have to find a way. And we have to keep doing that for our personal lives and for our families so we can continue living our best lives. Very well said. We've talked, uh, we've, uh, we went a lot wider than I thought we were going to go. And we've <laughs> yeah. talked a lot of uh, just various topics. I like to wrap up every episode with a question, which is, with everything that we've talked about, what's that one thing you would suggest the audience take action on to level up their creativity? So the one piece of advice I would give is prioritize your creativity. You need to make it a priority, which means scheduling it, creating time to think, doing creative activities, risking it, both directly and indirectly. So schedule time to sit and say, look, this is time I'm just going to write ideas out. I'm going to try things, but also be very indirect with it. You know, meet new people, well, electronically, (laughs) digitally, if you can, try new activities, try a different recipe, um, turn your furniture around, play if you can with people around you, if you have people around you. So just keep doing things to keep priming your brain that, you know what, I need to break out of the mold that I'm doing. So prioritize your creativity and don't get in the trap of being too productive. Great advice. I like that a lot. I'm going to tell my wife, honey, uh, Robert said I need to schedule more time (laughs) to play. So (laughs) yeah, 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 absolutely. You will see the benefits. Yeah. And if anything, I, I say, I, I say that very tongue in cheek because we're, we, I would say, are a very playful couple. That's one thing that we've maintained in the 10 years we've been together. So Fantastic. for me, it would be like, hey, let's go play, right? Let's go do something that gets our minds thinking in a very creative way. One of the, uh, one of the hobbies that we had uh, prior to everything that we're going through right now was uh, escape rooms because it really gets your mind thinking in, in very creative solution uh, solving type of ways. Right. So um, yeah, I think that was great advice. So if, if people wanted to uh, learn more about you or, or reach out and connect with you, what's the best place for them to find you? 
the best place to find me is LinkedIn. Um, on LinkedIn, I am Robert Bell ACCA. You can connect with me there. Um, let's share ideas. You know, just reach out. I post a lot of new research I come across or any articles. You know, I give my comments, my feedback. I write um, papers on it. So let's connect there. Great. Well, thanks for sharing. I'll I'll include that in the show notes and and all the other places that people can find you. That was a lot of fun, Robert. Thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, I I have a feeling that we are going to stay in contact because there's there's a lot of similarities in the way we think and and approach things in life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've I've enjoyed this conversation very much. We have gone wider than even I expected. Yeah, that was awesome. Awesome. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Get Coach 360. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoach360.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.